Finally, it's time to start some seeds. I've been waiting all winter for this, and it's time to slowly start your garden. In this episode, we're going to talk about the tools you need to start your seeds. To have a good harvest, one must plant good seeds and must also use the right kind of fertilizer. The carrots have grown large and firm. How good they will taste. Welcome to the Backyard Gardens podcast, a companion podcast to the upcoming documentary Backyard Gardens the Movie, a story about two families growing their first gardens in a world that lacks nutrition. I'm your host and director, Ben Neville. Thank you, everybody, for joining us on the Backyard Gardens podcast. I'm so thankful that everybody's here, and I'm excited to finally start talking about what we need to get to starting seeds. So this means that we're starting to get everything together and we're getting ready to start our gardening journey for 2020. We're moving past the thinking portion and going into doing something. And it's very exciting for me. And I'm so happy that you all are here to share this with me. And I just want to remind everybody that we still have our seed giveaway going on for 10 free packets of seeds. All you need to do to enter is go to backyardgardensthemovie.com and enter your email address for newsletters and updates about our production and the podcast, and you will be entered to win 10 free packs of seeds to get your garden started. Contest ends February 14th, 2020, and the seeds have been provided by San Diego Seed Company, and we are just so happy to be able to do that, to get you kick-started on your gardening journey for 2020. So what do we need to get started for starting seeds? What tools do we need to get together? How does it work? What do we need to get? How much is it going to cost us? Well, lucky for you, we're going to break that down as much as we can today. And I'm going to try and give you some affordable options to do it. And the first thing you're going to do is you're going to need to get seeds. So there's a lot of different places to get seeds. You can go to a store around your house. You can go online. Um, we use San Diego seeds here and for most of our seeds. And we, I really like them. Uh, there's all kinds of stuff you can use, though. And it's just finding what you want to grow, which our previous podcast talked about, if you haven't listened to that, is t- helps you decide what to grow. And then going from there. And that cost is going to depend on where you get your seeds from, how many you get, different varieties, organic, non-organic, heirloom, non-heirloom, you know, it, it can just be very variable. So I can't help you with that one. I would stay away from like Dollar Tree seeds and stuff like that if possible. That's up to you where you get your seeds from. And a lot of places will give you, if you go online, they'll send you like seed catalogs. And I love looking through the seed catalogs, even though I don't necessarily buy their seeds sometimes, but they might offer something that I'm looking for that I can't find in another place. And I like to look at the catalog, not on the screen and, you know, go old school, be able to dog ear a page or circle something, or it's just, for me, it's relaxing. There's a lot of things that we need to do. We need to get seeds. You need to provide light for them. You need to have somewhere to put them, something to put them in, something, you know, a container for it all. And there's, there's a, 
I don't want to say there's a lot of things, but there's a few things that you need to get and it depends on how you want to go about it. So the first thing after seeds, you're going to want to get somewhere to put them. You can use a windowsill. You can use a shelf. You can use all kinds of things. And what I personally do is I have a wooden shelf that I have, which I'm in the process of remodeling and to make it a little bit more functional. And that just gives me a nice sturdy place to protect my seeds and put them there. So that's one place to get going. And then you're going to need to have, obviously you're going to need a container to put them in and you can do all kinds of things. I've used old yogurt containers before. Uh, when we were vegan in particular, we didn't eat yogurt at all, but the place we worked, everybody ate yogurt. So we would get all the yogurt containers and then I would take a stack of them and then I would drill one hole down the middle with a drill in the bottom and make a drainage hole. And that's what I use to start seeds and still do that to some extent. But we've kind of moved on to get in the uh, seed starting trays that you see. A lot of times if you get seedlings or anything like that from the store, you get containers of the black six packs and we found them on Amazon. You can get uh, six cell trays, 24 of them for $6. I'm not even going to try and act like I'm going to do the math off the top of my head. Let me get my calculator out. So that's 144 cells to start seeds for six bucks, which isn't too bad. And a lot of times what I'll do is each year if I buy some, I'll save the seed cells and then reuse them the next year. And that's a good way to make them all uniform, easier to move around, stuff like that. And if you destroy one, it's not too expensive. And you can put more seeds in a smaller area than when if you were using, like I, like I did, yogurt containers. That's one way to get your seeds in a container for a fairly, I think is a fairly reasonable price. And especially if you use them every year and you might not even start 144 different seeds. And that's a good way, again, to just put some away if you don't use them all and save them, use them for year to year, reuse them, however you see fit. You can get the compostable ones too. I haven't had a lot of luck with those though. I have to admit, whenever I put them in my garden at the end of the year, and I don't know how long it takes for things to compost, but I pull up a whole compostable seed pod out of it. So I'm not completely sold on that. I think it's a good idea. Uh, I could put it in my compost pile. I guess I just, I don't know why it's taken me all these years to think about that. And at this exact moment I did, but that's a good thing for me to try. Maybe if I get something in a compostable seed pot, I'll try and put it in the uh, compost pile anyways. And then you're going to need to have soil. So you're going to want to get like a seed starting mix, which would hold a little bit more water. You can get a bag of that at any garden store. And some people make their own. I'm not really going to get into that because I feel like it's a little too much for people sometimes to make their own seed starting mix, but it is an option, but I would just buy a bag of seed starting mix. You don't have to get a big, huge giant bag. And I think last year we bought, well, actually last year we did buy a big, huge giant bag and it was, I think it was $20. And that would probably, if I had saved it, it would probably last me three years of seed starting. So I could have gotten a smaller one, but they had like some special deal or something like that. You know, a lot of times I'll find a coupon and I'll get it. 
but and it was at my local garden center, uh, Pender Pines. But they have those, you know, all garden centers will have something like that. If they don't have a garden center, you need to go to a different one. But that's something that is definitely a good option to use. I would not get a cheap bag of soil. A lot of times, I remember one time I went to uh, to Walmart and I bought a $1 bag of soil. And I, I wish I was lying to you. But I opened the bag and I started pulling the soil out. And there was like trash in there. There's a specifically Hershey Kiss wrappers in it, or at least what it looked like to me, the little balls of foil and they were just all in it. And there was like paper and all kinds of stuff. So I would stay away from your cheap $1 bags. They were just real compacted and just gross. And uh, no surprise there. My seeds for the year did not do well. And that happened to be the first year I was trying to grow seeds and I failed. So, but that's okay. It's a learning process. And then you need somewhere sturdy to put them again. So the homemade or the the um, the windowsill, however you want to do it, but that kind of feeds directly into your light. So plants need light to start. And you can use sunlight if you have a nice bright sunny window. and Or you can use regular lights. The only problem with sunlight is and a lot of people don't realize this is, but the windows have a certain amount. I don't know the number. I know in cars, there's it's like 75% light emittance through it, I believe. So home windows are the same idea. They have a little bit of tint built into them and you don't get that sun all day. So what happens is if you grow your plant in the windowsill, you'll see it get really long and length and um, leggy and it'll fall over and what the plant is doing is it's saying I need more sun and it's trying to stretch and then you just get a really weak plant so one way to avoid that is to provide artificial light and lights can they seem like they seem pretty daunting but really when you break it down it's not a big deal so the lights that you use in your house the CFL curly Q bulbs those are sufficient to grow seedlings from with a caveat. So if you do that, you need to get a couple things. You can get one of those silver light domes. Uh, you can get them at Lowe's or uh, I think I priced them around between three and $5. And it's just a dome that you can clamp like a light clamp. You can clamp it on something and then you screw the light bulb in. And what it does is instead of all that light going backwards out of it, it'll hit the dome and direct it straight back down onto your seedlings. And this is a really cheap way to get a light set up for you where all you need is a decent strength light bulb. I wouldn't get one of the smaller ones. I'd get a bigger light bulb. but And you would want to have Kelvin, which is the temperature of the light. And I usually use daylight. So I believe that's 5,400K. And you would plug that into the light dome. You'd screw it in. And then to make it even better, if you go to Lowe's or Home Depot or something like that, even Amazon, you can get a splitter to go in there where you screw it into the dome and then it separates into two different light bulb fixtures. So now you have one reflector with two light bulbs in it. So it's double the light. And this is exactly what I've done for years and years and years. 
well, I say that like I've been doing it a hundred years. It's really been probably about set eight years since I've started really trying to get my seeds going inside. And I've used that uh, splitter method for about four or five of them. And it's worked for me really well. Uh, like I said, you have double the light. You just have to make sure that the light bulbs fit into it. So the good thing about these big uh, box stores is you can go in and you can kind of take things apart and screw them in and see how it works. But yeah, I use the uh, dome, the splitter, and two CFL bulbs that are 5,400 Kelvin. And if you look on them, it'll say that or it'll say daylight, either one. And it emits a bluer light. And that's what I've used for years to grow my plants. This year, however, I am switching over to an LED light fixture. An LED light fixture that I'm using, I believe it's called a Minios. I got it for Christmas. Thank you, Mama. And it was, uh, I believe they were around about $40 for the fixture. And they're pretty small. And the beauty of the LED is they don't use a lot of power. So it helps keep your uh, price build, price uh excuse me, your electric bill down, but it also doesn't let off a lot of heat, which can be a good or bad thing wherever you're starting your plants. But this one is about two and a half, three feet long. And they're kind of weird though. So when you plug them in, they emit a purple light. So it's kind of weird to look at, but it's an led light and they're made, they're made for growing stuff. I mean, I use a led in my aquarium and it grows coral and it's the same idea. They eat the light. So, or they use the light. So the LED light is the same idea. And what I'm doing is I have a shelf that's wooden and I'll put a picture of this on Instagram, my sketch. And what it does is I have an LED light on top. I'm going to have an LED light on top. And then on the next tier, I'm going to have an LED light because it spreads the light out even more. It's a nice clean fixture and it spreads that light out. So that whole tray can get lit by one light instead of having different light domes and stuff, which is, which is okay to have, but I just wanted something a little bit cleaner looking now that I kind of got the hang of it. I guess it's kind of, we can call it a reward for learning how to start seeds a little bit better and kind of keep you motivated. And I have those two things hooked up to it. So I have the light up top, the light on the middle tier, and I have a third tier and I haven't decided totally if I'm going to put another light bar down there or not. But within there, you're going to have different amounts of seeds you can put on. So I can fill up a whole tray because last year I had like cold spots. So as the light would spread, I would either have to overlap or I'd have to just let there be a little bit of a cold spot. And inevitably, like and when I say cold spot, I mean that there's not a lot of light hitting it. There would the either on the very ends or in the very middle, I would have plants that just really wouldn't take. So I'd have all this soil that I was using, but nothing was in it growing because there wasn't enough light or what did grow would get real long and stretchy and just fall over and collapse, which would in turn fall over and collapse into the plants that were stronger. And it just kind of became a mess and I didn't really want to deal with it. So this will help eliminate that problem. And I know last year I did switch to a real cheap clip-on LED light. It's like a gooseneck light. It's meant 
supposedly. You know, you, when you buy stuff on Amazon, there's no telling. But this one was, it's a little thin bar. And it actually did work to get the, the plant started. And I don't know anything about the Spectrum or really much about it. It came with like zero documentation. You know, it pretty much came in a plastic bag, balled up. But it worked. And it, I was able to get things going until I got everything started. So that's a good option to use too. And I believe it was like 10 bucks to get that going. And that is probably what I'll put on my third tier. So as I start seeds in different times of the, of the winter, you know, cause some seeds don't have to start as early as others, then I can start them down low with minimal light and then move them up and higher and higher and higher. And then on your lights, you're going to want to get something to raise and lower them. And that could be as simple as an eye hook with a piece of chain. And when I say chain, I don't mean tow truck chain, you know, especially if you're buying these led lights that they're really light. I can't believe how light this thing is. And you can just lift it up by a notch or cause you don't want the, the, you want it as close to the plant as possible. So it doesn't have to reach for the light. And then as it grows, you want to lift up the light a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. And they, it's as simple as a little eye hook and some small chain. And they even have like these little pulley systems and stuff that aren't too expensive, but it's not really necessary in my mind. And if I don't already have it, I'm not going to rush out and buy it because I can just make the other thing. It's pretty cheap and easy. And the good thing about most gardeners is most of us are kind of handy and, you know, you're used to trying to fix something or make something work. This is, why I kind of bring up the eye hooks and chains and all that stuff. Cause it just gives you an option, something to play with, but you also have to turn your lights on and off every day. What a drag. How long do we leave them on for? How long do we leave them off for? Do I turn it off in the morning, turn it up in the evening, you know, turn it off. How does that work? So what we do is you go and you get a timer. And so I run my lights 16 hours a day because it's artificial light. And then they're off for the rest of the day, which would be eight hours. And I just set a timer. So they come on and they go off all on their own. And it's really nice. And I th think I got my first timer maybe six years ago and it was beautiful. I mean, if I could put them on every light in my house, I would. Because, you know, everything that you do for the most part is like a pattern. Like you're in one certain room most of the time at this time and then you're in another room and so on and so forth. Well, it's the same with your plants. The sun comes up, sun comes down, your lights come on, your lights come off and you put all that on there. So these timers help. You can get a mechanical timer for like $2, $2 for a mechanical timer. And if you have multiple lights, you can get like a little, uh, I don't want to say splitter, but something to, to connect multiple plugs into one timer. And that's even better. So like I had an extension cord plugged into the timer and then the timer plugged into the wall. So I could have four plugs hooked up to it if I wanted, which is what I do now because I have other things hooked up to it, which we're going to get into in a minute. So the timer will start, you know, usually a set mine comes on about six in the morning and then goes off about nine at night or so. And then you get to see your plants all day. You don't have to touch them. The only downfall is that you have to remind yourself to go check on your plants and water them because it's naturally, you, you don't have to go by every day, but it's really nice to not have to worry about hitting that switch constantly. 
And then into that timer, which is that little extension cord I told you about, you know, I had four plugs. I also have fans. So the fans are important because what they do is you, you have them come on and you're supposed to leave them on all day, but I figure whatever, we'll let it go to sleep for eight hours, save a little bit more power. And when the fans come on, they blow on the plant and it actually makes the plant a little bit stronger and gets used to the wind hitting it. So when you put it outside, they don't just collapse and, and go, you know, go bye-bye, take a dirt nap. So that'll help strengthen them. And it just comes on and it'll gently blow and I'll have one on one end and then maybe every couple weeks or every week or something, I'll switch it to the other end of the, and each tier I have a fan. So I have, if I'm running two full blown seeds, um, you know, where they're actually growing, not just my starter tier, like I said, I was going to have on the bottom, then I would have two fans and then I would just rotate them around each side. And I get a little clip on fans so it's not a big deal. And the, and when I say fans, I don't mean, you know, 30 inch box fans. I mean, you know, a little f- maybe five inch fan so you can plug in it and we'll put all of this stuff that we're talking about into the show notes so you can go to them and click and go look at exactly what we're talking about or what we use. And so these fans will come on and then they'll come off. And then when they come on, like I said, they're moving the plant and they're just helping it get a little bit stronger and getting it ready to go outside. Cause as we all know, it's not nice and calm outside all the time. We can have good days and bad days, especially in the spring when we can have storms and stuff like that. So you really want these plants to just like right off the gate, get stronger. And another thing that you do to help that too, is I run my hands across the tops of the plants every day. And that just helps it to, it helps it get used to moving and trying to keep itself up. It's kind of like uh, I call the fans, the plant gym, because that's exactly what they're doing. They're flexing their muscles. So you have your seeds, your soil, a place to put them now. And then your light. Well, we needed to have a little small conversation. I'm sure my wife will appreciate this is the mess. So when we water them, the water comes out. Well, what's a good way to keep the water from going all over the floor is to catch it. And what I like to do is I go to the Dollar Tree or the dollar store and I buy baking sheets for $1 and I put those underneath and then I put my trays on top of that, my seedlings on top of that. And as I water them, it'll catch all the water. And then you know how much, you know, you know, well, first of all, you know, if you're overwatering, how much water is coming out, but you're also keeping the water from hitting the floor. All the husbands and wives out there, you're welcome. Uh, that's been, that was a big problem of mine for a while. I definitely ruined a small piece of carpet a few times. And uh, this time, this year or past two years now, I have not done that. So uh, $1 at the Dollar Tree. And I think for mine, I would need six total sets, so six bucks to cover the all three shelves of mine. So, and then you need to provide water. So some kind of watering can doesn't have to be anything crazy. I use, um, I grow bonsai and I'll put a link to this contraption in the show notes, but it's a little nozzle that you put on top of a 20 ounce bottle that makes it turn into a, it gives it the, the spray of like a watering can, but it's really small so you can control it. And it usually works. It fits into about each cell it'll spray into. So it's not too bad. Um, they're, they're really cheap. They're from Japan, but I use those 
and they've worked out really well for me. And another thing you can do is you can take a bottle cap, put it on, and then just screw small holes into it. But they kind of, they're a little bit more messy. And I had these laying around, but after I used them, I, w- I would always keep one more. And if, if it broke, I would get another one. So that's a good thing too, is the nozzle. We have seeds, lights, soil, water, timers, fans, containers, and soil. I may have said soil twice. And that's it. That's not too bad to really get it going. You might need to get a, you'll want to get a little starter fertilizer, but that's down the road. You don't need that at first. So that's it. And then you also need to get a saran wrap. And that's to cover the soil until the seeds go, until they pop out. But you should already have something like that. And other than that, I mean, you literally have your shopping list now for starting seeds. And that's not too bad. It's not a big undertaking. The the hardest part of doing it inside at at this stage is going to be heat. So you're going to want to keep them warm and light. That's it. And once I learned that the CFL bulbs that we all use work, that changed everything for me. I was allowed to finally start it and I didn't have to like, you know, worry about some huge crazy grow light or anything like that. And I know, like I said, this year I'm kind of upgrading a little bit, but the only reason why is because I got one for Christmas and I figured, well, I got half of it. So let me get the other half and just make it go together. And these, this particular brand that we talked about, you can daisy chain them together. I mean, you can plug two separate fixtures into one fix. You can plug a fixture into another fixture into the wall. So it can, you know, control one can do two different fixtures, three or four, how many ever. I don't know if there's a limit. And if you really felt froggy, you could get like a seedling mat to help warm the seeds. And that's just, it's like a heating pad for seeds. And I have not used one because I do mine in my house. So it's pretty temperature controlled, but that's something you can do too. And if you live somewhere cold, and you're doing going outside or anything like that, that might be different. You might want to, um, or not outside, but like in your garage, you probably would run, want to run a heater of some sort. But I don't really recommend that because it's just a lot of issues that can be done that can come up from that. Anyways, everything you need is right here. It gets you going. It should cost you, let's see, not including the seeds. And let's say you bought the CFL bulbs. Roughly $42 if you didn't have anything. You had to buy two CFL bulbs, the splitter, the reflector, the timer, and the fans, and the the trays. So you can, and the soil. So if you wanted to kind of, you know, get creative and find different containers and stuff like that, or whatever it is you can do, great. And then you can try and keep it down. So that's not too bad. There's a lot of different options out there for you and get creative with it too. I mean, instead of using the chain to lift up your lights, like a lot of times what I would do is I would take books and, or bricks and set my trays up on them. And then as they got bigger and they started to touch the light, I would take the bricks out and drop them down and drop them down until they were as low as they could get. So that's always an option. I'm just trying to make things a little bit easier so I don't have to have bricks in my house and everything like that. But all this is an easy option. 
uh, let us know in the comment section, our, our social media, anything like that. Um, sh- feel free to share some pictures. I'd love to see what you guys are doing. And we'll put some up as soon as we get going. I think at the time, we probably have about a week or two before we actually start our seeds. And we are actively, I've just sketched out everything now. And we are collecting all of our, you know, everything gets spread out. So we're kind of getting it all together and trying to make it so we can get, when, when it's time, we can go. And it's not a big process because starting to see this kind of takes a little while. But as far as getting everything set up, we want to have that as much as possible beforehand. So this recipe doesn't seem like it would be that good. Um, it seems kind of weird, I guess I could say. And I, I can go ahead and preface the way I found out about it is when I was uh, vegan, we would, we, we always, you know, you have to bring your food for most places. And we would always bring our lunch to work because everything, everywhere you went, it was hamburgers, hot dogs, you know, that kind of stuff. And I remember I would make these like big elaborate salads and we cook all these crazy dinners with all these ingredients and it'd take forever. And I remember I sat down with this guy and he broke out a container of broccoli. That's right. Just broccoli and crushed it. And I was like, man, what are you eating? And he's like, man, he's like the best thing is broccoli with soy sauce. That's it. Nothing else. And it's delightful. And all you do is you cut your broccoli, you steam it, uh, lightly steam it. And right when it starts to turn uh, the dark green, just right at the beginning, then you put your soy sauce in, you finish steaming it in your soy sauce. And it was actually pretty good. And that was actually the moment when I decided that I wanted to eat easier foods that were easier for me to make. And I don't know if you've noticed, a lot of the recipes we put on here are fairly simple. I mean, we used to do all these elaborate meals and you have like, you know, 15 dishes dirtied and spoons and cups and bowls and pans and all this stuff. And then we started going to easier and easier and enjoying food for what it was. And so instead of having your, your, you know, a lot of times you have broccoli and you'll put salt, pepper, cheese, whatever else in there, you know, and you make your broccoli casseroles or something like that. And it was just broccoli, a little bit of water, soy sauce to top it off. And it was delicious. And so it's just, I don't even have a name for it. There is no name. It's just broccoli and soy sauce. And it's really good. And if you had a little bit of rice, you could mix with that, then it's even better because you got to be careful. In my mind, you have to be careful with soy sauce because it can get a little strong. So if you took, put, if you did make it too strong, you could just make a little bit of rice to go with it and it'll kind of even it out. But that's it. I know everybody may be excited to hear some different crazy recipe, but I feel like that's a really important recipe in my life. And I think it's important to really get in touch with your food and know that like you don't have to go crazy with your food and totally transform it into something different. You can just make your a simple, take simple ingredient and enjoy it for what it is. And that's really important. So I hope everybody has a good day. I hope you guys try the broccoli and soy sauce recipe. Trust me, you'll love it. It's really good. 
and good luck getting all your stuff together for your seeds and enjoy what time you have right now to relax before we go out in the gardens because next time we talk we're going to be talking about starting seeds that's right we're going to tell you everything that we know and hopefully a special guest will know about starting seeds so y'all have a good day and we will talk to you guys soon so if you have any questions or want to know what we've been up to you can follow us on our social media pages on Facebook and Instagram, it's Backyard Gardens the Movie. And on Facebook, we also have a group. It's called Backyard Gardens. We have a website, backyardgardensthemovie.com. You can sign up there for an email to get updates about production and release dates for our movie. And give us a like and a review on iTunes or in your favorite services because it'll really help us reach more people. Because we want to help everybody learn to grow and grow for change. Cut. Now you know why people feel like celebrating at harvest time. All over the world, people have feasting and good times when the crops have been gathered in.